Today's episode is brought to you by Dr. Jeffrey Halstead, DMD. Dr. Jeffrey Halstead has been Canandaigua's hometown dentist for more than 35 years, offering routine dental care as well as cosmetic dentistry, implants, and dentures by their highly trained and experienced staff. Visit them online at canandaiguadentistry.com or find them on Facebook and Instagram. From FingerLakes1.com, this is FLX Today. Last week, we caught up with Jan Reagan, who currently sits on Geneva City Council and was nominated by city Democrats to run for mayor. Incumbent Steve Valentino secured enough petition signatures to force a primary at the end of this month. The calendar might say June, but this election will have long-term consequences for the city. See, Valentino has already been endorsed by Republicans, so if he wins the Democratic primary at the end of this month, he'd have both lines locked up, thereby making the path to a second term much easier. We covered an array of topics during our conversation, which we'll get to in a moment. That said, if you want to check out Reagan's conversation with us from last week, we've linked to it in the story that accompanies this interview. You can also find it on the FingerLakes1.com YouTube channel and Spotify. Now, our conversation with Geneva Mayor Steve Valentino. I want to start with uh, the why, the why behind your running. So why run for a second term, especially given everything that's been going on with city council? That's a good question, Josh. I think the biggest thing is is unfinished business. Um, There was no intention in my first term as mayor that I was going to foresee the the things that were going to happen. And when COVID hit, and we knew the sales tax was going to be a major challenge and you know the city has its challenges already financially but in 2020 we really knew that we had to kind of make some major changes in order to keep things under control so um, knowing that covid was going to impact us financially and uh it was going to impact a lot of businesses it was it was something that i never expected and also the social unrest and the police reform, everything was coming quick and fast. And it was a challenge, especially looking at a, a new council. Only myself and Councilor Cameron were previous and council. So we were we were hit with a lot of um, curveballs, I'll say. And for me, uh, it took a while to really get comfortable that we were headed somewhere under control and in the right direction. And I think that's, for me, that's why I want to go into the second term is I think things are settling. I think we're, we're beyond COVID right now. We have um, a good control on where we stand as far as staff goes. That was the other issue. You know, in 2021, we had two of our key players decide to resign and move on to other um, ventures in their business. And for us, you know, as staff look, looked at us as council and what we were going to do next, it was important. It was important for us to kind of shore up the city manager position, and then um, have the city manager fill in that controller position. And we did some organizational structure changes. And I, and I compliment Amy for taking a look at uh, how staff was structured and creating some changes there and trying to align things better for the city to kind of move forward. So, you know, for me, it was a, a big reset. Um, a lot of challenges, and I'm just kind of looking forward to hopefully kind of expanding upon my first term with a little more uniformity and a little more um, uh, goal setting, I believe. And of course, obviously, City Council has uh, had its share of, I don't want to call it controversies, but just uh, call it, I guess, unrest or, or just uh, 
a lot of vocal disagreements. So um, my question there is, what do you think the first step is to re-engaging uh, members of the community who frankly may have tuned out at some point over the last four years and maybe aren't paying that close attention anymore uh, because they just feel like city council isn't getting enough done or isn't getting what they think city council should be getting done. What's your message to those folks who are um, maybe hoping that this is going to be a, a bit of a reset for city council? Yeah, you're being very polite. So I appreciate that. Yeah, there, there's been a lot of turmoil on the council. And, you know, unfortunately, I think there's a lot of things that have gone on behind the scenes that, um, have caused that. And I think there's division. And for me, that's probably one of the biggest upsets for me is the division that's happened in the city of Geneva. And it, it's very frustrating. I think when we really kind of peel things back, we're all very similar. We all want the best for the city of Geneva. And I think that's kind of what we got to ground ourselves on is really, you know, stop the fighting back and forth, stop putting up the walls, tear down the walls and let's talk about how we can move together as, as a group. And you know you're not going to satisfy 100% of the people. I, I understand that because everybody has some strong feelings in different directions. But overall, when it comes to how the city moves forward in a positive manner and re-engaging those, those citizens who might have been somewhat uh, disappointed or severely disappointed in how council was, was going forward, I think I want to point at a few good things that have happened. You know, our, our DRI has come through and some people complain about the parking and, and the curbs. But overall, when you take a look at the DRI project, it's a definite improvement that links downtown to Geneva and economic development. You know, the things that are happening out in American Legion site took a while for that to take place. And it was I tell you, there was some strong interactions between staff between the American Legion and between the developer in order to really make that come across the finish line. And, you know, we're looking forward to seeing that happen. I think that's going to be a catalyst for other opportunities that are going to have economic development moving forward in the future in the city of Geneva. So I think we're going to see some great things that happen there. But those things were overshadowed by police reform. And, and I will tell you that for me, when, it, when we talk about what has happened on council in the past, Really, I think the 2020, when we pushed a bunch of resolutions, a voting block of five that pushed a bunch of resolutions across the um, the desk of city council, and they passed. They passed without the support of staff. They passed without the guidance of legal, and it just caused turmoil for the next year, year and a half. And I think that was the biggest frustration. If we had reset that, and this is the first council I've ever been on that didn't take staff direction or legal, legal direction, um, to kind of make sure that the resolutions they were bringing forward fit the legal parameters and we're going to be successful. We didn't include all the stakeholders. We, we were emotionally charged, which was a challenge for, for everybody and myself included. And, you know, to get that to get that unison between the staff and the council and legal to make sure that we were doing the right things wasn't there. And, you know, there, there's been blame put on the mayor and why he didn't have better control over the meetings. I, I would like, I would like to reflect on that and say, geez, I wish, I wish somebody gave me some better advice on how to control those volatile situations. And I tell you, you know, there was probably two or three catalysts on city council that were driving that disruption, but there was, there was some alignment with some other councilors who were less vocal and it didn't help the whole situation. And, you know, when we talk about doing a reset, it just never happened because of the, the differences on council. And I think within the last year, we've seen a little more calmness. Um, I think we've seen more focus, more respect.
to each other in council. There has been a couple blow-ups still, but I think overall the majority of the direction of council is headed in the right direction. What do you say to uh, residents in the city, voters in the city, who might be confused about where you land politically? Are you a Democrat? Are you a Republican? Are you something in between? Or are you just approaching this as uh, advocate for the city and trying to do what's right for uh, on behalf of city council? Well, your last words were the best words I could say. You know, I've, I've joked and said I'm a Democrat. I've, I've had different conversations with people. I'm a fiscally conservative Democrat. I, I'm The only reason I'm in this is I love Geneva. And I tell you, my father's a Democrat. My father was a Democrat. I turned 18. I followed his footsteps. So I became a Democrat also. Throughout my life, I haven't labeled myself as a Democrat or Republican or independent. I've, you know, I, I interviewed with the independence um, party, which is no longer in existence back in 1996. And they endorsed me. And I liked their values where they said, you know, we go back to our founding forefathers. And really what, what really made a difference in this country, looking at the people and creating freedom and creating justice. That was important to me. And, and for me, you know, party line, I was disappointed when the Democratic Party didn't reach out to me and want to do an interview with me. I've never seen that as far as not supporting an incumbent. So I was kind of shocked. So I had to reach out to them. And in that reach out, I finally got an interview with them. And uh, out of 17, I believe there was 11, 11 or 12 members that were in that interview process. Um, I was approached afterwards by a few of the members that were very supportive of my interview and my candidacy. But it didn't turn out in the majority that way. And in between that interview, I got reached out by the Republican committee for an interview and the Republican committee endorsed me almost wholeheartedly across the board. So, you know, I didn't look at it as, as I'm on this side or I'm on that side. I was happy to get the support from different members in the community. And I, as I went out and got signatures to get on the primary, I was very pleased on the door knocking at 157 doors I knocked on. I got 100, 154 signatures. I got one person that supported my opponent out of, out of the, the, you know, that told me a lot right there. So um, I like what you said. I'm just an advocate for the city of Geneva. That's really where my heart is. That's really where my intentions are. I, I don't, I don't hide anything. I don't have any hidden agendas. That's not how I work. What are the top issues? If you had to kind of create like a top three, what do you think the top three issues are that, uh, voters, residents in the city uh, care about setting all of the other uh, city council stuff aside? Well, I think understanding each other, you know, and this is probably the most difficult thing that the city of Geneva has to overcome and has to create some kind of alignment to get rid of the dividing lines in the city of Geneva. And I don't have a, a pure answer for that, but I just really would like everybody to come to the table and respect each other. So to me, that's kind of number one, but probably the most difficult thing to do. The other thing that I think we're, we're fortunate is um, we have economic development that's churning. And a lot of people don't know it or see it, but it's it's happening. Things like the OEO site, there's a lot of development that um, is is going to happen, I believe, on Middle Street. There's Those opportunities of economic development, I think, are going to be key catalysts to kind of move things forward. And the reason I say that is, you know, being born here and, and watching the 60s and the 70s and seeing the American can and the foundry and the halts, and other big businesses closed in the, the Seneca Army Depot and Samson Air Force Base. That, you know, people talk about our population decreasing. Well, if you take a look at the opportunities that were here and how they've disappeared throughout the years, 
I think we've seen that resurgence of Geneva and tourism as being one of our, our key catalysts. And I think what's going to happen beyond that is there's so there's some blight housing that needs to be removed. There's some pocket housing that needs to be developed. And there's also a couple of undeveloped tracks in the city of Geneva where we can improve housing. And I think the biggest obstacle there, and I've been talking with the senator and the assemblyman, and I actually reached out to Senator Schumer also. We need support to put infrastructure in place. There's not developers that want to put in roads and infrastructure into these tracks that can be developed. And if we get that support from the state and federal government, I think you'll see developers come in and put in some more housing in areas that we really need it. To that end, what uh, role do you think city council should play in what the county is approaching with the housing uh, issue? Obviously, they have a, a study that we're going to be seeing the results of fairly soon. Um, what role do you think the, the city should have so that the east side of Ontario County is fairly represented in that? Yeah, I think we need to align with our three city supervisors because I think that that um, that whole survey is, is going to provide value. It's going to give us insight. It already has given us insight. We've seen some of the preliminary information and the insight that it's providing us is, is giving us a roadmap to work with. And I think, you know, working with the county executives, just as I mentioned with the state and federal, to be able to leverage that information and be able to, to apply it. And, and be able to reach out and get that support we need to kind of action on it is going to be critical. So I think, you know, it's going to be teamwork. It's going to be teamwork, not just with the county, but well beyond the counties, the state and federal government. Property taxes and rising cost of services. It's not a Geneva problem. It's an everywhere problem. Um, how do you think city council should uh, approach that and balance uh, those two items moving forward? It's interesting because uh, since I've been on council in 96, you know, a three or 4% increase really didn't scare people. And we already had high taxes back then. But um, since we hired Matt Horn, we uh, we stayed steady. We did not increase taxes. And with this last council, we actually decreased taxes. But that kind of sprung back on us and we had to go back and increase taxes. Maintaining is probably one of the, the most important things you can do in this kind of an environment with escalating costs of, of healthcare costs and salaries. Um, I think we're going to see challenges in union negotiations. So for me, stabilizing and maintaining the tax rate is going to be critical. If there's somebody out there that says, hey, you know, I want to lower taxes, I want to know the magic formula because lowering taxes at, at this stage of the game with everything increasing, is almost impossible without reducing services. And there's not a citizen out there who wants to reduce services. So I think, you know, for me, it's maintaining, stabilizing. And, you know, I said this um, at the League of Women Voters uh, Forum, it's an easy formula, increase revenues, reduce expenses, and hey, you know, you're on the road to recovery, but it's not that easy to do. So increasing revenues to economic development is extremely important. Reducing Expenditures is extremely difficult, but asking staff and department heads and every one of our workers to be efficient, you know, that's what the taxpayers want to see. The taxpayers want to see that their dollars are being spent wisely and seriously in the best direction. So for me, um, you know, those, those are the key things moving forward. If we can stabilize our tax rate and keep it there, I think we're going to be in good shape and it's going to leverage us in the future to be able to kind of reduce taxes as we move forward. I, I've joked in the past, I'd love to annex the town. I'd love to have more land to develop and, you know, tie things together. Them at uh, zero town tax and also the city tax, 
rate at where we're at. You know, it doesn't create the best balance. They they can leverage a lot of our resources. They can leverage a lot of our infrastructure, and they can continue to grow. Um, we are challenging our sewer department with growth, but we're working through expansions there also to continue the growth, not only support the city, but to support the town too. So I think there's there's a lot of opportunities there to look at the future of our tax rate and go into reduction. The other thing I see is when I see a house that goes up for sale, Josh, it doesn't last long on the market. It goes quick. So we're not scaring people away with our tax rate, even though it's hot. Yeah. Yeah. Very fair. A big component, you mentioned DRI, a big component of that was connecting lakefront to downtown. Uh, When you look at a a next potential term here, uh, what would you like to see with lakefront development, a continuation of what has already uh, been done or something different? That's an interesting question because, you know, there's two things that come to mind immediately. Well, three things. And one is one of my pet peeves. I wish the state gave us that little sliver of land that's right on the lakefront. I wanted to trade that for that large piece in the entrance. It didn't work out that way. I, I'm a diehard. I'm never going to give up on that. I'm going to keep, keep asking for that connection there um, on the lakefront. And the state, you know, we should work together and they should provide that to us. The other thing is the marina. And as we just recently talked about increasing costs, we know the marina is going to come in and we're going to have to have to understand what that difference is going to be. Um, a marina on our lakefront is going to be a go-to. You know, there's there's discussions out there that there's plenty of boat slips around. There is probably plenty of boat slips around. You can take a look at those marinas, especially at the north end of the lake. They're not in the best shape. And I think if we put a premier marina in our lakefront, there's going to be people that are going to flock to it. We are challenged, though, with the cost of that marine. I can guarantee you that making it and making an income revenue generator instead of something that's a deficit spend for the city of Geneva. So that's another push that um, I'm meeting with. Uh, there's a meeting with Senator Helming this month, and I'm showing up there. And my intention is just to, to kind of reach out. And I've talked to Senator Schumer last year about some of the, the monies that might be available for lakefront development. And I know Senator Schumer is kind of focused on a beach. But, you know, I'll take all the help I can get with a marina. So for me, you know, reaching out to the state and federal government for more funds to help support that marina, I think, is going to be critical for the city of Geneva. I think it'll be fine floating on its own. It's just that I don't want to go in debt to put the the marina in there any any deeper than we need to. And the third thing I'd like to mention is um, the railroad tracks. And I know uh, Councilman Cameron has has talked about this lively. We've talked about it for years, even before Councilman Cameron's been on council. Eliminating those railroad tracks is impossible. You have to, there's a mandated one set of tracks that has to stay there. But getting rid of the rail yard and leaving that one track there and making a much better crossing in the six ward section to get that lakefront access. And as I mentioned before, that middle street corridor has a beautiful view of the lake. So I think those are the things that are going to be catalysts for the next phases of the lakefront. All right. And uh, lastly, we're about we're about a week away from uh, primary day here. Uh, where can folks learn more about your campaign? Great. Thank you. Yeah. You know, my campaign is pretty simple um, for me. I'm, I'm looking forward to doing all the things that I just mentioned in this interview. And I think it's important. And I think that uh, my opponent puts forward uh, that she wants to, to create more leadership and she wants to create a more conducive council. I would have challenged anybody to sit in the aerial seat in 20 and 21 and, and create more conduciveness. That would have been interesting. Uh, I don't, you know, and she sat there on council and she didn't provide any calming effect to our dysfunctional council in 20 and 21. So um, I didn't see any action back then. I, I'm, I'm, I don't see any 
information she has or any experience she has as far as managing or um, having a team of people. I've, I've managed up to 110 people in the, in the plastics industry. So I've had a lot of experience in business and I, I leverage that experience. I try to treat the city, running the city as a business. For me, I think a lot of people's minds are made up, whether they want to vote for my opponent or they want to vote for myself. I think the key thing is getting people out to vote. You know, and one thing I do hate is I hate long letter. These the sign war that goes on out there. One day I'd like to eliminate public signs in, in our lawns, but it's just one of the facts we have to deal with right now. And um, so, you know, I wish everybody luck in the primary. Um, you can go into the primary thinking that every you know you know where things are going to stand. You know the outcome of it. It's a fickle fate. We'll see what happens on June twenty seventh. Steve, appreciate the time. Thanks so much for taking it. Thank you very much. That'll do it for this edition of Finger Lakes today. If you'd like to see more conversations like this one, check out the show on your favorite podcast platform or subscribe to the FingerLakes1.com YouTube channel. Have a great day and we'll see you next time.